0: Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, you can work with an experienced licensed therapist handpicked just for you. On Talkspace, you can send text, audio, video messages to your therapist and talk about your life, work through what's keeping you up at night, or just work on feeling a little bit happier. Everybody knows I'm a big advocate of therapy, that I've gone very public with that. There's no stigma. You got to find what works for you and Talkspace is providing a great service. Sign up. Learn more, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. And to show your support for this podcast, use the code beautiful, you get $30 off your first month. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. I want to tell you about another great show here at Earwolf. If you've ever watched The Real Housewives earnestly, ironically, or if you've never seen it at all, you're going to like Bitch Sesh, comedians Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider. They love the ridiculous and frankly terrifying world of the Housewives franchise. I have known Casey and Danielle for many, many years. They are both very, very hilarious. You can join them as they dive into the show's craziest moments, tell stories of awkward TV show pitches, or read Yelp reviews from a vibrator store. They bring on lots of special guests like Lauren Lapkus, Jessica Chaffin, Bravo's Andy Cohen. Subscribe to Bitch Sesh in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everybody out there who still likes each other. It's beautiful, anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me.
0: Hey, everybody! Chris Gathered here, welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Which is my favorite part of my week because I get to hear your guys' uh, stories and secrets and all you all you voyeurs out there who like to listen to other people's lives, join me in that. It's a good time. Also very happy that I get to bring the show on the road. We're doing a tour, live podcast tapings all over North America, Vancouver on May 30th, Asbury Park, New Jersey on June 13th, and in between we are going to Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Chicago, Ferndale, Michigan, Toronto, Philly, Arlington, Virginia. Baltimore. All the tickets, info, dates, all that stuff is at www.chrisgeth.com Buy those tickets, they're moving fast so if you want to come out, get one soon and if you're in any of the cities or near them sincerely would love to meet you and I'm going to hang out trying to meet everybody face to face as my friends in Shell Shag say face to face. We'll do it up and we've got a special tour t-shirt I'm hearing I don't know if that's a cool thing Anyway Last week's episode, Public Defender, people seem to really enjoy it. I enjoyed it greatly. One cool thing that I saw in a lot of the feedback was there were people who had all different angles on the justice system um, who, who, who liked using that episode as a way. Like This was a comment in the Facebook group that I, I really I thought was cool. As a person that has been dealt a tough deck of cards in life and has a brother that is currently incarcerated, all I have to say is I needed this call. She completely changed my perception of lawyers, especially defense lawyers. Great caller. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I thought that was cool to hear from people uh, thinking about all different things. A lot of people also defending ostriches. I got freaked out about an ostrich. A lot of people, turns out, a lot of people out there find ostriches very cute. I think they are dinosaurs that want to kill man, personally. But what can you do? Now, this week's episode, a very, very strange and special thing happened. And I am not going to say too much about it because something extremely surprising happened. You'll hear the surprise in my voice. I think you'll be surprised. And I think anybody who's listening to this show, anybody who has been listening for a long time is going to see exactly why I was surprised because something very unlikely, statistically improbable managed to happen. And that's all I'm going to say. Check it out.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi there. Hi, am I, am I on? Are we doing it?
0: Don't be weird about it, but yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, Chris, how's it going?
0: Wait, I recognize. Do I recognize this voice?
1: You, you recognize this voice? We've talked. This, uh, this is Guy from. Am I? I'm. I'm. I'm returning. I'm second time caller.
0: Yeah. Yeah, how'd you
1: pull that off? So, this uh, was not
0: a voicemail thing. You just got through twice?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm a lucky guy, Chris. What can I say? Wait, remind me which call you okay. were. I'm, I am a four-kids-zero-sex guy. Whoa!
0: Wow! I can tell you, I had a feeling. I knew I recognized your voice, and I knew it was a while ago. I would say, this is amazing, because I want to be clear. This is not a setup. We did not... You did not leave a voicemail. You got through randomly again, which is astounding.
1: Uh, Yeah, man. I don't know. You know, just, uh, I just called. You know what's weird, too, is I haven't tried to call since that time.
0: So you went two for two. You took two shots. You hit two shots. Uh, Yeah. Wow.
1: It was like kids all over again.
0: And I feel like old fans of the show, you know, obviously, if you're someone who uh, has found our show since this episode aired, go back, listen to Four Kids, Zero Sex for the background. But For anybody who is a fan of this show, I can say I I would say by far. I don't know if you monitor like the uh, the social media like I do, but in the Facebook group, you know, questions pop up a lot. Which caller would you love to hear again? I would say Four Kids Zero Sex. By far, the you are the person by far people have wondered about the most.
1: Uh, yeah. Have you seen this? I've I've seen a I've seen a little bit of this. Yes, that is a. Which you know what is funny is uh, when that episode came out, I, I had liked someone's comment, oh. um, and that person, uh, and this is this is me blowing it, I guess. That person did a little little detective work there and instantly found out who I was. Oh, I don't and like sent me a that. message. I don't like
0: that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I feel like any fan of this podcast, the rule has to be, be cool, man. Be cool, lady. Don't let's not try to dox people out there. Why are we trying to dox? No doxing.
1: Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because um, he was he was very supportive, uh, and he like the message he sent me was just all caps and it just said, "Please tell me everything is okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess that is the first uh, big question every listener of the show wants to know: Is four kids, zero sex guy, are you okay?
1: I am okay. I am okay. We we are okay. Great I answer. guess I should say. Great answer. I, I uh, you know what's funny is I, I wrote down in my calendar that um, Wednesday, this coming up Wednesday when we're recording this, not when it when it comes out, but it's been a year since that episode came out, and about a year and a half since you I, and I talked before.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So so quite a bit of time has passed. But I'll, I'll I'll say this: me and my wife are doing much better. And I would say that the biggest reason why. It's because you and I had that conversation and I was able to just talk through, you know, just talk through some shit to someone that didn't have a dog in either fight. Yeah. Um, and it's, it helped me to to kind of get it going. And at the at the end of that episode, my, my wife and kids come home. Um, oh,
0: I remember. It was tense for all of us. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was really tense and I felt really guilty
1: right so we hung out that night and then i immediately once we put our kids down like sat with my wife and i was like look i just had a talk with chris gethard and she was like The comedian oh no i was like right (laughs) she was like how oh no (laughs) and so i I explained about the podcast and i was like look i talked we might find out about this because we may have friends that listen to this down the line and i don't know like nobody but." you know, doesn't know me, isn't going to know. But if you know who I am and you hear it, you're absolutely going to know it's me.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was yeah. like, and I should tell you that and we should talk about it. But then that conversation got us to talking about all the things we needed to talk about. Wow. Uh, and uh, we had a lot, of, a lot of good chats. And uh, things are things are actually really great.
0: They're feeling healthier now.
1: Feeling healthier, feeling better. Like a complete 180 uh, in our relationship anyway. Than, than, yeah. Cool,
0: man. So I got to say, it does. it is mind-blowing to know that. So you had a conversation where you knew, like, when you sat down to have that conversation, there must be a part of you that's like, this could be really bad. Like, this could be really, I, I had to tell my wife, it's just did a podcast about our love life. So you had like a potentially life-altering conversation that started with the words, I just talked to Chris Gethard. And you were like, this could ruin my life. Right. Wow.
2: Right.
0: Now I remember one of the, one of the things that so much of the feedback from your episode because your episode is an all time classic. People love it. It's it's very often the one when when people say like what episode should I start with? Yours is the one I always see people online saying this is one of the ones. This is one of the top two or three you got to start with. But I remember the feedback when we dropped that episode. So much of it was people tweeting at me and leaving Facebook comments at me that were like, "She has four kids. <laughs> she is tired." Of course she doesn't have time for sex. This is an exhausted woman raising four children. And a lot of them were also like, Gethard, you dumb idiot with no kids. You boy, you guy with no kids. How could you not bring that up? So how did you, I got to ask, how how did that conversation go? How have things moved? How did your wife react? Did your wife listen to that episode? Uh,
1: my wife did not listen to that episode. Ooh, it's always, I, I was just like, it's there. But I but I did. I mean, I told her, and I was very honest. I told her everything we mm-hmm, talked about, mm-hmm. and so I don't think she felt like you know she needed to listen to it. That's good. Um,
0: That's good. That's nice. You were honest. Uh,
1: yes, I was honest. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So, but it was it was fine. I was I was definitely nervous when we first sat down, and I told her because I was like, as soon as we got off the phone. I realized what we talked about. Like, I felt good because I was like, finally, I talked about this. is great. I needed to do this so bad, just talk to somebody about this, because i just been living in my head. And then as soon as we got off the phone and I sat down with her, I was just like, oh, fuck, I maybe shouldn't have done this in such a <laughs> public forum.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: even I thought that. <laughs> um, but it was fine. She was cool just like i said in the first episode she's kind of endlessly uh, supportive that's never been a problem and she was with this too and i explained to her she's like this really helped me i was like it is going to be a podcast for people's very strange entertainment but also yeah. it really did help me get my my head on straight a little bit or it started to so uh, you know i think she was fine with that and the fact that you know it's anonymous so she probably was just like yeah uh, I mean our names aren't out there. It's, how bad could it be Yeah And how have
0: things changed um, How has it changed your approach to things your perspective on things how has it changed her approach her perspective on things it, it, It's so nice to hear that you guys had an open conversation it sounds like you've like met you know aired information you say things have gotten better. What does that mean things have gotten better
1: um, right so we just started talking um, trying to have more open conversations about how because the biggest problem wasn't the sex. Um that's definitely what wound up I guess kind of being focused on. Um certainly entitled, <laughs> but what you and I really discussed was a lack of intimacy.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um
1: that's not necessarily sexual. So here's the thing. We're not really having more sex. Okay. Maybe a little. Wow, okay. Yeah, may, maybe a little more. That's. Um,
0: I mean, I'm glad for a little more. But, about, but I, I, I felt like you were about to say, like, yeah, we uh, we found that old spark. We do a bunch of gas, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't keep our mitts over each other. So that that is, you've you've settled into a place though where you're more comfortable with that.
1: Right. I'm more comfortable with it. It's it is it is happening more. I mean, it's it's not like tons, but I think what we really fixed was. The intimacy problem, just being able to talk about our feelings, just about how we're feeling with things. And I think because we fixed that, that led to having a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Because the the sex wasn't the problem. The problem was, you know, we obviously having four kids is is a tough, is a tough thing. I I don't even want to say it's tough. It's not tough. I don't want to put that out there. It's fine. Uh, you know, if you can do it and we can do it. Um, but, you know, she was going to school full time. I was doing comedy. Still am. Um Nice. And, and stuff. Hell yeah, buddy. It's good. That's gotten a whole, a whole lot better too. Um, oh, that's great. But, but yeah. So we, yeah, it's cool, man. So, uh, but yeah, we, we just started talking more openly about our, about our feelings, just about how we're feeling about little things. Like, instead of like having something bother us instead of, cause it's not, not normal to have something little happen that annoys you and just be like, I'm just going to let that go. But you really just hold it inside.
0: Yeah. And then you and set so up this pattern just, of keeping things outside.
1: Right. So now we're just addressing those things in real time, mm-hmm. um, which, to, which is uncomfortable as shit sometimes, but we're definitely better for it.
0: Yeah. And you know what's so cool about that is, I bet there's a lot of people, like I here's what I bet is is I bet there's a lot of people like me, I'll cop to it, who when you called back in, I was like, I, I hope these guys settled it and it's I hope that their love life has come back to life. But it's it's actually so much cooler and so much more honest and so much more um like uplifting to hear no, it's just intimacy has filled that gap. That yeah, we both lead busy lives. She's a student, I'm a comic. We're both running around, we're both hustling, chasing these things. And on top of that, we got four kids. Is it still four, by the way?
1: Still four. I'm oh, i I'm uh I'm fixed. So
0: Oh, you got them snipped. That's it's, good. It's,
1: it's,
0: Smart call, bro. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Smart call. But yeah, to hear... I, I... No, go for it.
1: All right, go ahead. I was just going to oh, say, to hear that, say, that it's like, oh I, God,
0: oh God, oh God, what are we doing? Both of us. Okay, I'm not saying <laughs> another word. I'm not saying another word.
1: I was just gonna say I was I was fixed last time too. By the way, just oh, yeah. that out there. <laughs> oh, I
0: can't. I don't have every detail memorized. Sorry, sorry. But I was. I was...
1: Oh, oh I, don't think, I don't think I brought that up.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say that. How cool is it to hear that it's? It was like you said. It was never the sex, but now that now that you're open, honest, having four kids, chasing a dream, being there with your wife, it just somehow feels more fulfilling, just based on what it is. Which is actually, I think. Um, so cool, and I'm sure so many of the people who, especially a lot of people who are mothers who who did respond to your past episode were saying like you he, he's just she's just she's in a place and you're not seeing it. And I certainly wasn't seeing it, but it sounds like as you guys talked more uh, uh, you got to see where she was at. She got to see where you were at, and just that alone has released so much pressure. That's great,
1: well, yeah, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about is um the response to the episode mm-hmm. um because. It, I, I'm not a I'm not a strong person, Chris, and I had to look at all of the feedback <laughs> oh, via Twitter. Oh boy. oh boy, and and other things. Yeah, so, just uh, it, what's funny is just like uh, it's like people said some very harsh thing uh, in a couple cases uh, about me, and I just felt like I just felt like yeah, they know this. They know this is anonymous to everyone but me, right? Oh. Like.
0: Well, there has <laughs> been – th- it's been a thing I've had to take a lot of responsibility for. And it, it's part of why – it's funny because I know I'm always talking about the Facebook group on the show now. But it's part of why I, I want to put everybody there because Twitter is like the Wild West. And there's no accountability. But a Facebook group, at least you got to have a sense of community. Like like it's a thing you join and you're part of. And that is one of the things that I really pushed hard and that I think a lot of the early users that was like we have to have a policy when we're commenting on this stuff that the person who we're talking about – Is probably reading it, and that was a thing that I think took a long while to (laughs) develop. And and maybe your episode predated that that commitment from the fan community (laughs) surrounding this show. So you had to take (laughs) it on. Yeah. Anything stand out? Any comments you remember in particular where you are like, oh boy?
1: I mean, the general consensus was, and what's funny is, like, a lot of the things they said just weren't true. They were just assumptions based on the you know one hour conversation we had, and it was a selfish a selfish conversation. You know, it was me and you talking about just me because at this point I only had my perspective and we didn't talk about like certain facts. So a lot of the general consensus was like, she's raising four kids. Why don't you do some dishes or something? <laughs> and just like, I was just like, did I come off as like a dude where I was just like sitting in a fucking lazy boy being like, hey, could you fucking raise those kids? Like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I didn't do you any favors titling the episode Four Kids Zero Sex. I certainly set the parameters on that one in a bad way for you, my bad.
1: So- now this this gives me an opportunity to say to these people. Um, certainly, in the case of dishes, that's that's actually one of my responsibilities within the house. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
1: as is as it's fifty percent of the child rearing. Everyone seemed to focus on how I was going out like two to three, sometimes four nights doing comedy, and people were just like, "She's raising these kids. She's raising four kids." And I was just like, "No, motherfuckers, we're raising four kids." Yeah. And, like, the nights that I'm not out doing comedy, like, there's plenty of nights where she goes off and she's working towards her master's degree. And, you know, I put them... Like, it's the... We work 50-50. That, like, that was never... People assumed, like, we were having an intimacy issue because, like, I'm a lazy piece of shit. (laughs) It's actually not true. Um, In fact, my wife is so busy with school, like, I actually do probably... I probably do more, like, household chores than her.
0: I like, so a year and a half after we first spoke, a year (laughs) after the world heard you finally get to come back and say, hey, I do dishes every once in a while. I do dishes.
1: Yes, I I do, I do the majority of the dishes. I fold laundry, I clean floors, I bathe kids, I put, and even on the nights I do comedy, like comedy happens at night. Most of the time I'm able to even tuck my kids in. If not, I'm leaving like maybe an hour before that.
0: Yeah, this is your, you're pulling double duty on that.
1: (laughs) Right. I'm just, yeah, I just don't sleep a lot. But that's, you know. Yeah. That's this season of life right now. Is I'm not sleeping. It so. is.
0: It is a thing I often feel confused about with this show because I think this show. It's like you know I try to facilitate. Sometimes I I talk a little too much, to take over the conversations. But I I try to put people out there to tell you know something they want. I get a, a platform to tell. And sometimes that's serious. Sometimes that's loose. Sometimes that's personal. Sometimes that's political. Whatever it is, but I I realize oh my life as a comedian and someone who you know has done TV stuff dealing with the backlash of the internet is like a, a pretty much daily aspect of my life now. But I think I've dragged a lot of people, a lot of people have gotten a little bit of a taste of my world on that one.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, yeah, there was definitely like two days where I just like wasn't working at my job. I was just like reading. Oh boy, oh boy. On the internet. And just and some of them were supportive, like a lot of people were just like, Hey man. Hey buddy. It's all good. Um, but yeah, there was certainly a lot of people and like, and maybe that's my fault or our fault that I, but I, it seems unnatural to have at some point in the conversation we were having for me to have gone. (laughs) And by the way, uh, this isn't because I don't do my fair share, okay? Because I'm a good fucking guy. Yeah, that, and I'm out here doing my stuff too. <laughs> so, like, that's true, isn't know. it?
0: That's true. That that could have made you look even worse. That could have made you look worse if you were like. And by the way, yeah, like,
1: just <laughs> yeah, like we're having this intimacy issue. And just so you guys know, these fucking dishes are getting done, okay, by these hands. Yeah, I can't.
0: I can't get any. I'm also taking the trash out at night. <laughs> you, know, you can't do that can't do that. You want to hear the best internet comment I got recently? Let's hear it. I'm ready. My HBO special, people were so kind. I was I was so, so bracing myself for everybody to call me pretty much just like call me a cuck in unison on the internet. I was waiting for that, but people were very 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 nice. There were only three bad comments in the first 24 hours. One of them said We're going to stop here. Going to get to some advertisers. Because we got, we got these advertisers out here. They give you promo codes. And when you use those promo codes, you get deals and it helps the show. want you to check these things out. And I know that's a tease. And I know I'm teasing this awful comment. I, got. I, w- I would actually say uh, it lives up to the hype. It was terrible. Uh, we'll hear what it was when we come back. Enjoy our many fine advertisers and their products. Springtime is a great time to hit the reset button and retackle personal goals like getting fit, cleaning, and cooking. Luckily, Blue Apron makes incredible home cooking easy and accessible by delivering seasonal recipes with step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, all for less than $10 per meal. You can even customize your recipes based on your preferences. Select a delivery option that is right for you. I do this myself. My wife vegetarian. Me, I still eat the fish sometimes, but we get the veggie meals. customize it on that website very easy. It is great. I love Blue Apron. Plus, there's no weekly commitment. You only get deliveries when you want them. Some of the meals available in May include beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice, baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon aioli, I'm psyched about that one. I guess I'll learn how to make aioli this month. Three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce, crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seeds and creme fraiche sauce. I think that's how you pronounce that. Love Blue Apron. My wife and I both love it. We get together at home, makes us sit down. You forget cooking is a time for you and your loved ones to also sit there, talk, do a thing together. It's really, really nice. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com beautiful. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So do not wait. That's blueapron.com beautiful. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Very, very happy to tell you about my old friends at Casper. A product I truly believe in and that I use every single night of my life. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foams create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink, just the right bounce. I can vouch for that. I love my Casper. I sleep so well on it. My wife says she'll never sleep on another type of mattress again. She's also got a bad back, so she never had a mattress. Serves her better in that sense. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up, refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Free shipping and returns to US and Canada with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Can't imagine how it's 4.8 because I would give it five every time I give it. It really is a product that I use all the time. Love it. Sleep on it. Wife loves it. And she got really high standards, okay? You get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com beautiful. Use the offer code beautiful. Terms and conditions do apply, of course, but I'm telling you, I sleep on one. I love it. Big thumbs up. No joke. Casper. Thank you so much to everybody who supports this show. All of our advertisers help me bring it to you guys for free. And now let's get back to the phone call and particularly the horrific internet comment I recently received. But people were very, very, very nice. There were only three bad comments in the first 24 hours. One of them said, I would rather watch nine more episodes of Lena Dunham showing her fat pussy than listen to you cry with your self-help bullshit. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I was like, (laughs) wow, you are a misogynist lunatic. What a crazy person. You
1: you know what? As bad as that is, like, It's almost made better by the fact that it's so over the top. It's kind of funny.
0: Oh, the craziest ones are my favorite ones. My wife gets so mad at me. (laughs) I try to answer them and fight people. I try to just like answer. My favorite thing is when someone says something that brutal, I'll just, sometimes I'll just write back and be like, hey, like, is everything okay? Okay. And I would say about 40% of the time they write back and they're like, no, 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 no. My life's really fucked up. And thank you for asking. And it's, it, it works close to half the time. Not always. A lot of times they go. <laughs> One time I went back at a troll so bad that the troll blocked me. And I was furious. Wow. Yeah, I was furious. <laughs> I was like, I'm supposed to That's yell funny. at you and then you yell back and then I block you. That's how this works.
1: Yeah, right. I feel like too. I went, I did go at, uh two people on Twitter. Mm. I erased all evidence of this. You did. Um, but you their remarks were quite scathing. <laughs> 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 um yeah they came down on me really hard. They were just like she's raising four kids by herself, you piece of shit. Like quit being such a baby. Quit worrying about your dick or whatever. And I and I was just like, all right, that's that's very harsh. So I did write those people and I was just like, hey, just so you know I'm a person, and and I can see everything you're writing. Like I, that's like I said a minute ago. Like I just feel like people are just like it's anonymous. They'll never see it. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know who they are.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's the,
0: and it's also one of those, those things people too. Both, oh, go for it. Those people both what?
1: I was just I was just gonna say both of those people back down immediately. Right.
0: Because the internet
1: is. And they just immediately were just like, oh God, I never thought. Like one of them literally said, oh God, I never thought I'd actually hear from you.
0: Oh, I got that. I once had one. I once did a show in North Carolina and a guy, oh, what was it? I had it memorized for a while. A guy said, uh, tweeted at me, at Chris Gethard is like Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, this is nice. Abraham Lincoln is a legendary hero. And then the next sentence was, He is heroically ugly. He is so (laughs) ugly, I don't know why he ever stands on a stage in front of people. And I just wrote back. I was like,
2: Jesus
1: Christ.
0: Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, man. And then he wrote back like, oh my God, I didn't think you would see this. I was like, you fucking tagged me. You tagged me. Of course I was going to see it. I'm vain. Well, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. It's nice to hear. It's It's nice as a reminder for our fans to remember that fans of the show, every single person talking is a human being, and even those. I feel like it's valid for people to go, "Hey, you know, your wife has four kids, and you should maybe." Sounds like maybe you you should uh, take a breath and and remind that yourself that. But as soon as it goes, you piece of shit. That's when it's like, well, now I can't. (laughs) Now I gotta just flush all this out of the system, right? That's that's the tragedy.
1: I mean, it could have been constructed like had I not been. You know, like helping around the house or, or doing my, you know, fair share of parenting and, and such. Like, I could see how like some of those comments would have been constructive because a lot of them were just like, maybe you should try and help more and mm-hmm, stuff. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that'll make things better. Like, they were the same critique, uh, but they were put out in a way that was just like, <laughs> this could make it better. Maybe I want to help you. You sound like a nice guy. Whereas other ones were just like, you're you're a, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's fine it, for it to be constructive, constructive doesn't hurt because if I hadn't been, and I saw that, maybe I would have been like, you know what? You're right now. I don't fucking, I don't do enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: it is. People use the internet and say things like, and they'll be like, oh, I forgot. Right. I forgot that you're a human being. And then it's also like implicit in that is like, I forgot I'm a human being who should conduct myself with humanity. And it does make me feel, I feel like maybe someday. Uh, will history, like the human resistance will look back and feel like Twitter was the first time that the robots controlled us and not vice versa? They'll be like, That was the early basic building <laughs> block where we were serving our robot masters and they took our humanity <laughs> away. So, what's up now? Tell me Maybe. what's up now. How's things with the wife? How, what's um, the coolest things that the kids are up to? I think everybody wants to know how your life is doing.
1: So, um, so life, like I said, it's much better. Um, my wife is. Um, my wife just got today. Today got her acceptance letter into her master's program. Whoa, so that's cool! Congrats! So only yeah, man, like one year left, and, and she's uh, she's doing it. She's doing the the thing she's gonna do, which is be a librarian. Um, and kids are cool. They're all still alive, which is great. <laughs> Um, that's a weird thing that you worry about constantly when you have kids, you're just Mm -hmm. like, ah, man, well, these could go anytime. And that'll ruin my whole life. Uh, it's like you make these little, uh, risks for yourself (laughs) that you have constantly. You're just like, you're like, this is great. And I love this thing. You know, it's like my, it's like my heart is running around outside of my body. Uh, and if something bad happens, I made it, I made that happen by making this person and it'll ruin my life forever and i didn't even have to do it uh wow but they're good
0: what a <laughs> what a realistic way to describe parenthood
1: <laughs> i mean that's that's one way uh it's most <laughs> thinking about parenting is multifaceted and that's certainly one way in which i think about it which is uh, i i'm frightened all the time
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh, that something might happen to them <laughs> wow uh, yeah, it makes for some really fun, long nights by yourself, just laying in bed while everyone's asleep, <laughs> being like, God, I know, well, you know, I hope that, you know, in the way our country is heading right now, like, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully things will be okay. Like, hopefully it wasn't a mistake to, to have these kids.
0: Can I point out that the question was, uh, "What's the coolest thing that's been happening with your kids lately?" And you talked sorry, about your, your sorry, existential <laughs> fears about their potential <laughs> passing and how that relates to the overall geopolitical sphere of hopelessness. I was thinking you would say, like, "Oh, the oldest one plays the, the oldest one plays soccer now." I thought you were going to say something like that.
1: Um, yeah. Well, the coolest thing is they're all. They're all still here and doing well. Um, Great. I don't know, man. We took a family trip to New York. That was really sweet. Went oh. there for a week. We had a lot of fun.
0: Did you do any shows while you were yeah, up here? Or city. did you take the time off the
2: clock I, as a comedian?
1: It, absolutely not, because you're a comedian, and you know that's very hard to do, especially when you're in a different city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we would run around, uh, run around all day, and I did do a couple of shows while I was out there. I uh, did a really fun one in Brooklyn, at Precious Metal, it was really fun. Nice,
2: getting up and
1: yeah, yeah, it was a good time. All right, I, it, it's the girl that runs that show uh, used to live where well, pretty close to where I live, so I sort of knew her, and she she helped me get on. It was really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I've that's what I've been doing uh, pretty much. I think when I talked to you before, I was I think I just hit a year or was about to and now I've been doing it almost three.
0: Yeah, that's when it starts to feel uh, I feel like mm-hmm. three years in is when you start to feel like you're not crawling out of your skin every time you do it, at least for me.
1: Yeah, it's definitely I'm a lot more a lot more comfortable. I've learned to I've learned to bomb gracefully, as gracefully as it can happen. Uh-huh. I think. Uh, I mean I'm sure that'll constantly be changing, but I used to when I would bomb, which happens often when you're first starting, and still oh,
0: does. And when you're seventeen um, years in,
1: uh, yes, and uh, yes, and when you have HBO specials. Oh, I bomb. I'm sure, it still happens.
0: Bomb. Thirty mm, percent of my shows, I would say, I
1: still bomb. Solid <laughs>
0: third, solid one yeah. out of every three times I'm on stage, I feel horrible about it afterwards.
1: Right. So I used to. I would just sort of almost like, I wouldn't freeze up on stage, but I would just, I would just like look at the audience and just be like, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys want? It's not this. So maybe you could tell me and then I'll do that thing. Cause I just want to make you guys happy. Whereas now I just lean into it. I just keep going. And I'm just like, I'll just let them know. I'll just be like, look, we all know what's happening here. And I just want to let you know that, that I love
2: this. So. <laughs>
0: That's nice. That'll <laughs> charm them. That digs, yeah, that ditch sometimes. And I'm can i going to put something out here full disclosure because I never want to be dishonest with the listeners of this show, if that's okay. Because Dude, we're, since we're talking about worry. comedy, I just want to put something out there, which is I recently did a college show in a city, and I want to say that I got, an, mm-hmm. I got an email from my agent, and the agent did not attach any identifying information to it. But the agent said to me, hey, I've, so I've, and you know what I'm about to say. My agent was like, so I got this, I I (laughs) yeah, my agent's like, so I got kind of a weird email, wanted to run past you. And that, as you can imagine, with my fucking weird career happens, sorry, Sally, happens from time to time. And he's like, so this uh, guy reached out, he says, um, if you need an opener at your college gig, he's down, he said, was one's on your podcast, something about like how he never has sex. I was like, okay, okay, okay. But I was like, you know what, like, that's a really cool thought, but college, you know, college gigs can sometimes be amazing rock star things. They can also sometimes be like, you know, um, like crapshoots where you don't know if anybody's going to come if it's been advertised around campus. You don't know. You might get down there and it's the same day that like Pearl Jam is playing across campus, and you're just like, oh geez. So, I was like, that's that. Plus, I don't know if all these college like college kids might randomly wander in and not know about the podcast. So I I'd sent word, and hopefully it came back nicely. Where I was just like, I don't think contractually that we can like even include an opener, it might be weird, but I'm starting to bring Beautiful Anonymous on the road, and there's gonna be a stand-up element to all those shows. If we ever make it through that city again, if you want to out yourself, maybe that city you can come open.
1: Um, I'm perfectly happy with outing myself. It's funny uh, that you bring that up, because I threw that out there for something you had retweeted as, as, a, as a joke, really. Oh, really? I was just like, oh, hey, Chris, let me, I was just like, hey, Chris, we need an opener. I'll be out there, buddy. Like, it was a real throwaway thing. And I thought I was going to come to the show, but I wound up getting booked on a comedy show. Otherwise, I would have just come to watch.
0: I'm sure that's what happened Um, to everybody in that town at that poorly attended show. Everybody (laughs) had a last minute booking (laughs) that took them away from being there.
1: (laughs) Um, But... The person you retweeted is the person that actually was handling the booking at the college. And she sent me a message on Twitter. Oh. And she was just like, and she was just like, she was like, oh, we might actually need somebody. I don't know, because a lot of people have openers and they'll mm. have people. And he he didn't have anybody that we have listed or whatever. And she was like, I'll get back to you. And I was like, oh, okay.
2: Oh, wow. So, so she, even.
1: I was, I, even yeah, if, like I told her, I was just like, I, I was kind of joking, but,
0: but I'll totally do it. <laughs> um, I didn't even, so I retweeted something that inadvertently encouraged that, it sounds like, which I am confused. I'm sure our listeners are confused by, it, so we should just move on. But I will say, if a, uh, yeah, from what I gather from that, you're in an area of the country that's beautiful anonymous tour is not currently passing through in our first two weeks on the road coming up, maybe after this, who I knows did. when this will happen. But if we come through that part of the country, let's make it happen. I think that'll be a crazy thing for people.
1: Uh, well, I'm right in the middle of that uh, state we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So Same. anywhere you might go within the state is a very close by.
2: All right. All right.
0: We'll make it
1: happen someday. Would be.
0: Tease well, it out there. Tease it out Amy. there. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah,
1: that would be that be fun. I look forward to uh, just giving you just giving you a big old hug because you kind of made my marriage better.
0: Well, hey, looping it back around to the marriage, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and take a shot in the dark here, and this could be the most uncomfortable thing in the world.
1: A lot of people left. Last... Can't imagine that will be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, as soon as I say it, I think you'll be like, oh yeah, that is kind of uncomfortable. A lot of people, the reaction we talked about, a lot of people saying like, hey, your, your wife's perspective was not totally included in this, which is, you know, this podcast is not. It's the caller's perspective, but a lot of people reacted that way. There's no world in which your wife is with you right now, is there?
1: My wife is not currently with me. Fair. Um, if she was though, mm-hmm.
0: I mm-hmm.
1: I, would, I would have no problem asking her.
0: <laughs> you, However, got no, you got no boundaries.
1: I yeah well that's kind of a comedian curse right oh. hard to have them
0: oh when I got married we had Hallie <laughs> had to have a long conversation with me about just like so on um, you can't just say anything anymore I'm like oh right right yeah. right I'm part of a unit now right oh yeah yeah
1: I haven't I haven't gotten in in trouble for that yet and she was cool with the the original podcast however my wife uh, is not a huge fan in front. Uh, of getting in front of people and or or, and or speaking, which I don't think the anonymous uh, part of the show would make her feel any better about Right, that, I, doubt, right. I doubt that she would have done it.
0: <laughs> so we won't call your um, wife on three-way or anything like that, an ambusher her. that news.
1: I would love to do that so then,
2: though.
0: <laughs> the last thing I want to do is have you call a year later and say, like, hey, you kind of helped my marriage. Yeah, no, and then a year I'm from good, now you call yeah. and you're like,
1: you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's totally undo everything <laughs> we've done. <laughs> ah. I just want to fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, man. Uh but that's yeah, that's that's life for the last year and a half since we last spoke is it's all pretty much the same, just better. And just what does better. that mean? More-
0: what does that mean? It's better. Like in internally, what shifted? What is what are the day to day effects you got out of being open and honest with your wife about this?
1: Okay. So I think that before you and I talked and things were real bad, I sort of felt, and I think she felt too, like we were sort of like, we weren't fighting a lot because we don't, we just don't really do that. We've been together a long time, so it's hard to like have a knockdown drag out anymore because we're just like, God, who gives a fuck? We both know that this isn't worth it. But it was just this feeling of just being sort of uncomfortable around each other, like if you're like like if you're sitting in a waiting room with like one other person, you just kind of feel weird that you're just around someone that, which is not, you know, it's the feeling of hanging out with someone you don't know that well, which is where we got to from not communicating is like oh we don't know each other that well anymore, we need to like we're changing, you know, we got together we we're young we we're getting older you know, you become a different person as you get older and we haven't introduced our, our newer selves to each other yet. Cause we're just not talking cause we're busy doing, you know, mundane life shit. So that's, but once we started communicating, we started to get to know each other a little bit better. And so then it didn't feel like we we're walking on eggshells around each other all the time or that we're living with this person that we don't really know all that well. Like we, you know, we reintroduced each other to each other and found out that we are two different people than we were when we got together when we were 17 and now we're both 30. But our our new selves still like each other. Uh, and it's almost like a different relationship even, if that makes sense.
0: That's so cool. That phrase, our new selves still like each other. That's rad.
1: <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, that's all it took. So now it's just like a lot more, less being snippy with each other, uh, a lot more joking, a lot more laughing, which is, you know, that's good.
2: That's I, great. If
1: I had to like point to one thing that's different, it's just like we laugh all the time now. We're constantly trying to make jokes. Whereas before, we were just like, we'd just be like, uh, did you do those dishes? No, I'll go do them. And then end of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or whatever.
0: Especially for a guy who's pursuing comedy, it must be nice to realize, oh, that like that doesn't just have to be on a stage for strangers. That can I can use those skills just make my wife laugh while we're sitting in our kitchen together and that goes a long way too.
1: Right, which is I'm like I'm that's why we were together in the first place. Is uh, you know, I made her laugh. I'm not a particularly uh good looking dude. And I'm almost 30, and I'm really letting myself go physically. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just fucking falling apart, and I'm letting it happen. <laughs> uh,
0: you tell me. My wife so, always like, is like, hey, you want to come to the gym today? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so busy. She's like, all right, maybe.
1: Uh, hey, it's No, You know what sucks? But just regarding this real quick sidebar is my wife, my wife is – uh same age as me but she's had four kids her body and i guess maybe it's just because we've had them so young snap back immediately and she just has better metabolism better genes whatever she is in as good a shape as she was when we were teenagers <laughs> she looks exactly the same and she eats so much shittier than me wow
0: she's lucky she's lucky <laughs> I, I bet if you had uh, mentioned yeah, if like, you had but, mentioned that in the first episode people would have been like uh well that's yeah that's why you're not she's still she's still and you're active you're actively laughing yeah, about just letting great. it go and you're talking about how she's the as she ever was. <laughs> weird that she won't get in bed with you man <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah well
1: look I'm um, I'm I'm that was a the you know as a comedy joke, I'm not completely letting it go, but I'm I you know, know I got it good. I, sure.
0: also, I also will say um, too, there's this kind of code of honor that you've told me you do comedy, so that just makes me inherently feel like I can be a little meaner to you because that's how comedians show affection for each other. That is how
1: we. That is how we communicate. Go go for it, crispy mean to
0: me. <laughs> and likewise, my friend. Likewise.
1: <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, but that's what I've noticed on the, on the day to day, as far as what it means for things to be getting better is we're just more comfortable. We're laughing more. Um, we're like making plans to, we're coming this December is our 10th year wedding anniversary. Nice. Congrats. So we're kind of like trying to, thanks man. We're trying to, you know, like plan a trip and and do something for ourselves because the one thing that it is hard to do with so many kids is have time alone which is necessary so i mean we always stay up after they go to bed and and hang out with each other and stuff but we need and we've been making more of an effort too because that was another thing we kind of let go is we just like we i i was spending like we would spend our babysitting nights like instead of going to do something with each other like she'd go to a comedy show with me which is fine and she likes going sometimes or whatever but it got to the point where we were talking and I was like, you know what? Let's not go to comedy shows anymore. Like, I'll go to those by myself. You don't need to see my, you know, my dumb jokes that you've heard a million times. Like, that's, there's no way that's interesting for you. We should use that time to go, you know, have an adventure together. Go do something weird that we haven't done or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so we've been doing that. And I think that's part of what's contributed to making it better too is just like more time together doing something different and exciting instead of being like, let's go see a movie or I'll go to your comedy show. Um, you know, which is, you know, Nobody should ever bring their wife or girlfriend to an open mic. <laughs>
0: well, it's also the thing too, which is That's like the worst fucking place. Oh, I mean the most the open mics can be, they can be creative places where you get to build up your material. They can also be the darkest, the darkest, <laughs> dimmest quarters of humanity. <laughs> like just eight bitter comedians taking turns performing for each other while no one laughs because they're all insecure about how their own lives and careers are turning out. Open mics, some of, the, some of the grimmest days of my life have been said that open mics. Now that we've mentioned the uh, darkest, grimmest days of our lives, I think we got to focus in what types of things can we do to brighten up our lives? Well, many of these products and services that you're about to hear about can do just that. Uh, do check them out. Use the promo codes associated with the show. Get yourself a deal and help the show in the process. We'll be right back with more phone call. I'm lucky, uh, you know, with, with, with my career, things have gotten to a point where occasionally I get to hire somebody. get to hire somebody, work on, on my, my TV show or work on some of the projects that I'm doing. And I'll tell you, hiring can be a very stressful thing, but it does not have to be. And ZipRecruiter.com can help. Look, if you're hiring, you don't always know. How do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Okay, you post it in one place, that's not enough to find quality candidates. And if you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can, because ZipRecruiter already has 9 million resumes that you can search through in their database. You can add multiple people to your account, make it the most efficient for your team to find the best hire. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. We know how important those sites are these days. ZipRecruiter's handy website shows trending career fields, cities and searches. You find candidates in any city, any industry nationwide. You post once and then you watch your qualified candidates roll in on ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. Any issues out there, you run into some issues, you don't have to fret about it. Okay? ZipRecruiter's got very friendly and very human support staff ready to help. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to zip recruiter.com slash beautiful. That's ziprecruiter.com slash beautiful one more time. Try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash beautiful. Thank you again to all our advertisers. Please do support them. They are why I can bring you this show for free. And now let's finish off this historic phone call. Open mics is some of the some of the grimmest days of my yeah, life have been worried. sending open it's mics. It's
1: where the whole, the whole time you're there if you're while you're not on stage, and maybe even while you are, you're just sitting there on a lot. You know, some of them are fun, but a lot of them you're just sitting there going, uh, No one makes me do this.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not even being forced <laughs> to do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me bring my wife. Date night. <laughs> Date, hey, date night, you, yeah. want, you want to see this like 43-year-old guy make the <laughs> make a bunch of jokes about like every once in a while you go to – and open mics, you see a lot of people where it's like this person's cutting their teeth, figuring it out. That's beautiful. That's inspiring. That's what we're all in it for, Support each other. You see someone else you think is good in an open mic. You, I feel like you always, if you're a good comedian, you run over, you say, hey, you're good. Keep going. We got to link up. What's your info? You know what I mean? You support the good things. Also though, every once in a while you're going to see like – a 53-year-old guy doing it for the first time who makes like a series of jokes about like a- animal abuse and something crazy yeah, dark just and the worst just, thing and you're like sitting there like the f-
1: the fuck is th-
2: the fuck is this person Prince, talking it's a real about-
1: nightmare so and you know what if, if anybody on the internet wants to berate me about something on this episode go ahead and give me just 10 tons of shit for being so ret- like, so dumb to just be like, hey, let's go to an open mic instead of doing something fun with my wife. You know what? I deserve that. And you guys are welcome to go ahead and go at me for it.
0: And I'm sure people will make fun of you for bringing, bringing your <laughs> wife to open mics on date nights. There's something to be said for it too, is you're three years in now. This is no longer a hobby where you need your wife's support. This is now something that's clearly a fan you're trying to flame in a bigger way, more constant thing in your life. It's no longer a hobby that needs that support. You got to go out and and do it and workshop it and make it happen. So of course. Right.
1: I mean, I still need her support and then I need her to be like, yes, go do it, which she does. Like I said, I think I said this on the first episode and it still rings true. If I'm feeling sort of hopeless, because I think part of what comedy is, I mean, I don't know how it was for you, but how it is for me is like, Every so often, you just go on a string of just doing poorly every single night, mm-hmm. and you just get to this point where you're like, you maybe got one thing on the book for the week, and you're just like, oh, I don't, know. this sucks. I don't know why I'm doing this. Yeah, and like she will come to me and be like, Are "You just doing the one," and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it was like this is beating me," and she'll be like, "Oh, well, you're being lazy."
0: Yeah. She's like, if you're going to go do it, I got to support you until you go do it right.
1: Exactly. So, so, I mean, I do need her to support me in that way. You know, to just be like, Hey, work harder. Like is she, I always, cause I have to do a lot of shows out of town. Cause in particular a town I live in, doesn't so the, there's not a huge comedy scene here. There's like uh, two mics. So I have to travel, which is cool. Cause I'm centrally located. I can get to a lot of big cities fast and I do all of them. So I'm sort of nomadic and, in scene, I don't have a scene. I go to all these places,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so she will, uh you know, she'll be like, "I always call her when I get there, and she always goes." It's <clears throat> this this sound, this is going to sound so like like cheesy and lame, but it's true. This is how our conversations and I always call her when I get there to let her know I made you know the hour hour and a half drive, whatever, and she always goes, "Okay, be funny, try something new." Bye. Every single time. And it's, you know, it's nice. I do need that support.
0: I'm gonna uh, say but I don't something.
1: I not to physically be there.
0: I gotta say something from the bottom of my heart. Go for it, But Is there any, there's a lot of people listening right now who are like, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good advice. From a comedian's perspective, that's like the most romantic thing I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> it really is. Be funny, uh, yeah, try
0: something sure. new. That's like, oh my God! That's the most romantic. That's like this, yeah. So I want to know. And I
1: need to, and I hear it.
0: <laughs> yeah, always. You always need that. You always need somebody to say, "Go out there, try something new. Don't just sit there and play it safe. Don't just do the material you know that it works. No, you build something new. Make it worth the time. Forward motion, progress. You know, it's cool." Do you you remember, like, after you guys sat down and talked about stuff, after you felt that pressure release, you said you started having more legit date nights, do you remember the first, like, what was the first date night where you were like, oh, this feels like being 17 again, this is, I'm a different person, this is a different lady, but man, we still like each other, that's awesome. Do you remember a date night that stood out where you felt like, okay, yeah, things are clicking again?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's funny because it involved a lot of other people, but... That's what it feels like to be 17 again. It's, it, it, it actually was on a comedy show night, but that was only a brief portion of the night. Uh, <laughs> my mom, <laughs> my mom had the kids, and um, so we had the entire night, which was awesome. Um, we didn't have to pick anybody up. We were good till morning. So, and then we just we went back to our house with a bunch of our friends. Um, because what's cool about my 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 comedy friends that I'm close with is like, they've all really accepted my wife as kind of part of us, even though she's not always around. Like she, you know, she's mean to them in the way that we're mean to each other. And mm-hmm. they are as to uh, also to her. So we all came back to my house and we just sat around and, and we got high and we just like listened to records and just talked and joked and laughed and I just remember, like, we looked at each other at a certain point in the night. You know, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning or something. And just kind of, like, smiled at each other. And it's just like, ah, like, we haven't done this in a long time. Like, this is what we were doing when we were in high school. just hanging out with our friends. And we have not just, like, sat with our friends and talked about nothing important in forever.
0: That's nice. Stay up late. Just
1: hours of, yeah, stay up late and have hours of just yeah. pointless Fucking conversations. <laughs> that's
0: beautiful. Stay up late. Do some low-level yeah. drugs that make you still feel slightly bad but that nobody's probably going to arrest you for at this point. Knock them with yeah.
2: yeah, that's beautiful. Nah,
1: yeah, we're fine.
0: <laughs> and in your own house. That's nice. Uh, in your own house, too. Share that look across the room, that smile. It's in your house. You're like, ah, oh, right. I like you.
1: Right.
2: That's cool. Well, that's,
1: yeah, that's the thing. It's like... Yeah, it just goes back to what I said before. It's just like, we just had to get to know each other again. And, and and I feel like this is how marriages maybe end sometimes, is people get to know each other again, and you've grown into different people, and you go, ah, I really like this new you. And they're like, I don't really like you either. And then you drift apart, and that doesn't mean the first part wasn't real, but it's just over. And we just got lucky that the people we turned into liked each other still um so we just got lucky that's just it i mean we're laying in bed the other night and i was reading this book um called slam by uh this author nick Hornby, who's one of my favorite writers and it's a it's a book about a kid that got his high school girlfriend pregnant and things don't work out with the girl in the end of the book or whatever spoilers (laughs) gonna <laughs> kind of read a 10 year old book and, uh, and so things don't work out with them. And it's, it's a very sad ending. And I looked at my wife, because uh, we were laying in bed late at night. And I was just like, you know, we're kind of lucky that we still like, I just, most people, when they have like this weird, like we did everything so out of order, you know, like we made it hard for ourselves and it's insane that we still like each other. And she was just like, yeah, but we do like each other
2: yeah
0: i was like yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's a simple beautiful story and how young is your youngest now
1: my youngest is turning four very soon and today is one of the middle one, sixth birthday
2: hey
0: nice happy birthday to your six-year-old who i pray doesn't listen to this podcast for many years
1: <laughs> oh maybe maybe never <laughs> yeah yeah so how old's your oldest My oldest is getting ready to turn 11.
0: 11. So probably five to six years away from starting to define their own pop culture tastes in a way where they might potentially download a close to decade-old episode of a thing and recognize the very distinctive voice of their own father discussing his sex life with their mother. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah <laughs> That could happen
1: to you, bro. It could. And, and here's the thing, like, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I don't, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really, I'm open with my kids. I mean, we're not talking about having sex in front of them, but, like, I never want to be this parent, like, I, how we're talking right now, this is how I talk to my kids. I'm very yeah. honest with them. Um, cool. which took a while to figure out that's what I wanted to go with because I used to do like standard parenting, which is like this weird version of yourself where you don't talk out like you normally talk to your kids. which I think is kind of a form of lying. In my opinion, I don't want to lie to my kids. I, I don't, I don't want to die someday because I know a lot of people deal with this. I had a friend whose whose parent passed away recently I don't want my kids when I die to look at me and be like, "I never knew this fucking guy." Like I'm Sorry, finding Sally. out these things about him now that he's gone. I never even knew, and I and I never knew this guy. I want them to know me, so I'm honest with them, and I talk like how I talk, and I I joke how I joke. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe not as not quite as dirty in some instances, but <laughs> like, for the most part, like I just want to be. Real
0: with them. That's so cool. Um,
1: because I want them to be real with me.
0: Yeah, you earn that. I got. I thank God for that. I feel like uh, my dad in particular. I think he'd be the first to say for. For uh, like the past four or five years, I feel like we've really taken the time to know each other. Where he's, no, I think part of it is my my mom with her Irish Catholic guilt could sometimes maybe. You know, I think my my dad was a a very very hardworking dude. That came with him being tired. Sometimes my mom could make him like the uh, when your father gets home. So I, there was a natural fear there. But the last handful of years, I've just gotten, yeah. really gotten to know my dad, and it's rad. Turns out he's a pretty cool dude.
1: That's cool, man. Yeah, I got to work on that with with my with my dad. I got I got two I got two of them because uh, my stepdad and my stepdad since I was two. Yeah. So I don't really know a life apart from him too. And I don't really know either one of them that well. Although me and my stepdad did take a trip not too long ago. We drove to New Orleans together to go see Mark Marin. Because wow. um, I found out he was listening to the podcast and I was like, I listen to that sometime. And he's like, Cool. And I was like, you yeah. know, and we're from we're from Louisiana. I was like, we should go home and he's gonna be there. We'll make a weekend out of it and we'll go see him together and we'll drive. And we did that and that was kind of a cool that was, that was the beginning of maybe getting to know him.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, man,
1: life is, life is so much better. Uh, and you know, hopefully it'll just things. I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night and he, I told him about how my wife was getting ready to graduate. And then that, that means that she's very close to being done and she's going into her career and comedy starting to go better for me. I'm starting to get, you know, cooler and, and better shows. And I'm getting paid here and there, which is fun. And I'm getting to travel. Like, I've done a couple of little festivals and stuff. And, you know, our kids are doing well. And we own our house. And, and it's like, it's all finally, like, it took a decade. And we did things so wrong and out of order and fucked up. But it's, it's finally starting to take shape. And I can see a life
0: that's amazing uh, you're dropping some sentences that are real heartbreakers <laughs> you've said a handful of things that, that are like you. these little zen cones that people don't want to write down living a life and you know what's kind of amazing about the order you did it is it sounds like your wife like you're hardworking, pursuing comedy setting that up as a thing that's going to take up more and more of your time knock on wood down the line your wife sounds like an and like your wife. It it is funny because both episodes, it's your perspective, you're filtering it. But one thing that we've learned about your wife over the two hours that you and I have now spoken is, your wife sounds like one of the most hardworking, focused people. Um, just getting into going after her master's when she's got kids in the age range of of eleven to four, was it? Like, it's
1: a. Uh yeah, between a, four and eleven. That is um, a
0: hardworking wife you got. And one of the things that's so cool oh, about sure. it, yeah, she sounds super inspiring. And it's, you guys are, you know, 14 years from now, your youngest one's going to move out of the house. And it's like you guys, when you say, it, as you say that thing of like, oh, we have a life now, we can see a life coming. It's like, oh, you guys get this whole second life because you're setting up all this stuff for yourselves down the line. And that, that's going to go into action more and more. And when your kids move out and start to become their own people like we all do, you guys are still going to be so young, have so many opportunities to do these things you love and that you're working towards.
1: Right. That is the cool part. That is, I do always say that about having kids young. I, I'm like, don't do it. But if it happens, like just know that you're just doing the heart. It's like doing your homework on Friday in a way, like getting yeah, it out of the way so you can just have your weekend. <laughs> and
2: that's
1: kind of like, like when like my, like all our kids, like, even if they're not out of the house, like, our youngest one's going to be a teenager when we're 40. That's
0: you're going to like know your great grandkids. (laughs) You're going to get to know your great grandkids.
1: Right. And that's another thing I've thought about too, is just like, I'm going to get to see so much more of, of their life, which is exciting. Like I, I'm going to get to see more of it. Like I know I have friends whose parents are like, you know, they're like 60, 65. And my, my my wife's dad's 70. It's just like, like, I'm going to get to see so much more of their life.
0: Can I tell you something?
1: Which is good. Getting a, little, up, buddy.
0: Getting a little misty-eyed over here. You get to see well, so much more of your kids' lives. What a beautiful way to yeah, think of it. It's
1: exciting. That's the best part of it, right? I mean, that's what it's for. That's what I want to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a parent yet, but theoretically I agree. Although I don't know all the emotions that you're talking about firsthand. Someday I hope to.
1: Yeah, I hope you do too. It's a good feeling. I always, I I hate to be like an advocate for people that have kids or don't have kids and stuff, but it's a really good thing. And I know like when you hang out with a lot of comedians, you hang out with a lot of people that are like, I'm definitely never doing this ever. (laughs) Good luck with your family life. And I'm just always like, I'm always like, man, you're like, you're still going to have a great life, I'm sure there's this there's this thing you're missing and i know that sounds cliche to say because everybody's just like you don't know until until it's there and it's yours and it's it's a cliche because it's just so fucking true sorry like there's there's a love that you can't imagine
0: yeah i remember letterman i was always so obsessed with david letterman and it's funny. I mentioned my dad was a workaholic, like a critique. I perhaps make him look relaxed at this point when it comes to my careerism, my career focus. And Letterman's always been the person who I'm like, that dude pulled off the greatest stuff. And he did it on the biggest platforms. He kept it weird. It's inspiring. He did it his own way. He never compromised. He was so driven. And I remember watching Letterman one night. I forget who he was talking to. I wish I could find this clip. If anybody out there happens to remember this one random interview letterman did on his show with some celebrity he just quietly said he's like you know i never wanted to have kids i was putting it off and he's like it's it's my greatest regret because when i had my son i realized that none of the good parts of life even start until you have kids and that i mean i, I curled up in the fetal position. i was like oh, oh no
1: true yeah because i think it's it's kinda funny. True.
0: Especially comedian to comedian, I think so many comedians we work. You know, you you kind of have to just like recklessly go whole. You kind of have to, you know, it has to. You kind of have to approach your whole career like a school of fish, just feeding frenzy, looking for whatever you can, and then you get to the end of it, and you're like, oh, I got great jokes, and I hang out in a lot of basements and bars telling them. Right. Great. It's, you it's, had all the other stuff set up first. <laughs> now you get to go for it.
1: Now I'm doing comedy, but I like to. Th- but I'm, all my kids are still young. But if I have like a comedy goal, it's to, I mean, first and foremost, and I think this should be the rule for any comedian, I just want to be as funny as I can possibly be. And my, my secondary goal is to just to prove that I can do this and have a family to prove I can have a life and have this too, because a lot of comedians just don't think it's even possible.
0: Yeah. See, my primary goal is make people cry by talking about suicide, and my secondary goal is to a pod <laughs> is do a podcast that's almost never funny. Those are my two goals as a comedian. We got 15 <laughs> seconds left. I just want to say it was so great talking to you again, and maybe down the line we'll cross paths again. Ten seconds. What's your uh, lasting message to this uh, world?
1: It was good to talk to you,
0: buddy. That's it. After all that inspiring shit, that's how we end it.
1: I said what I had to say. Bye, Chris. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much to our caller for calling in once again, and I'm so happy to see things are headed in the direction that they've they've headed in. Beautiful to see that that can even still happen, and 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 so many so many quiet pearls of wisdom that he dropped throughout. Things that I'm going to remember for a long time and try to apply to my own relationship. Remember, to love the person that you're with. Find all those new reasons. Take stock of it. See who they are. Choose to keep loving them. That's beautiful. Beautiful seven. Who knows? He, uh, mentioned, he mentioned Louisiana in there. I, I mentioned that I have a vague idea of where he is. If we ever do a southern leg of the Beautiful Anonymous tour, maybe the opener will be the guy who has four kids and never has sex. Maybe that'll be our opener. And the only rule, I will bill him as such. I will bill him as such. You know. Thanks so much to our caller. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Jared O'Connell. Harry Nelson, who's always in the booth, helping make things happen. My pal Justin Linville sitting in the booth today, too, making weird eye contact with me throughout the whole call. Love that guy. The Reverend John DeLorean and Greta Cohen helped build this thing from the beginning. I always give him credit. Shell Shag with all the music. I do mention Go Out on the Road a whole bunch. I think when we're dropping this one, I am actually out on the road right now doing live tapings of Beautiful Anonymous. ChrisGeth.com. Maybe I am on my way to your city, and you can... Uh, Come be at a live call, be a part of it. If you like the show, do rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcast. It helps so much. Stop shilling stuff. You guys are the best. I'll see you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. A Talkspace therapist can help put you on the path to a happier life. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Again, that is Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, you got stories like this, and this isn't even like in the top half dozen most intense things said.
1: The guy I'm with now, he, um, he actually broke his face and... No, wait, what's
0: that mean? It was what do you mean he broke his face? <laughs> you can't just say he broke his face and then move on. What, how did he break his face? What are you talking about?
1: He races motocross, so he was practicing one day and broke his face.
0: Oh, motocross accident. <laughs> that, that'll break your face.
1: Yeah, he yeah. crashed and, and uh, broke like the eye socket, the upper jaw, his nose. Oh, God. It was a lot, so we decided
0: that it was just going to be easier to move back and be near my family and, you know, have people that could help them get through the healing process. So you leave. You leave small-town Texas. You wind up in California dating a motocross dude, hanging out on the beach every day. Yeah. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
1: Sarah Thayer. And I'm Susan Orlean. We're the hosts of Cry Babies, the show where great writers, comedians, musicians, and more tell us what makes them cry. In a good way. The healthy kind of crying. Oh, crying is healthy, Susan. I agree. <laughs> On Cry <Crybabies, laughs> you'll hear Mara Wilson explaining why she was so affected when Homer Simpson met his mom. Or Mike Doty playing his favorite Magnetic Fields tearjerker. Or comedian
2: Kyle Kinane telling us about finding catharsis at an LCD sound system show. Listen to all these wonderful people and more on Crybabies in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.